Bonjour, mes amis. Bonjour. This is the Plantain Chronicles with Madupe and Tanya. How is everyone doing? We are fine. So today we're going to start with flooding. Floodings. Definitely. And how that is definitely as a result of climate change and our governments need to do better as per usual. That's going to be a running theme, I think. But definitely. for this time, for this time, I'm not only going to blame our government. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Global governments. Well, definitely. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there. This flooding situation is a bit insane. I think what just gets on my nerves the most about the whole thing is that it consistently happens every year. Like I literally saw somebody posted an article from like 1960. And they were talking about the same flooding. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this has literally been <laughs> decades. And nobody has, no government has come into place, has literally thought about how to like really mitigate it. Yes, obviously, climate change has exacerbated this. We will get to that. But there are mitigation, adaption um, options that we can be putting in place. The government needs to really be more serious about this because it's really destroying livelihoods, people's homes, people's jobs, people's ways of living. Yeah, I mean, the I think within the last three years that I've been traveling to Ghana, I mean, when I was a child and we would go in the summer holidays, like between July and August, that's a rainy mm-hmm. season, right? So I'm used to like always having that like that big shower for like a few minutes. Yeah. But in the last three, four years, and that's only my perception, like there has been crazy showers like throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. Like even when I was there in March, in December, in January, like you have crazy showers. And um, as you said, the floodings like really affect whole neighborhoods and um, destroy roads and destroy houses. And yeah, people lose actually their lives. Yep. People die from these floodings. They lose um, so much infrastructure that they own that they can never get back. But the bigger thing is it's climate change. And obviously, um, Africa is the bearer of the brunt of climate change on the on the globe. And even though we played a very small part in reaching where we've reached. And what, that's one part, like the flooding, the heavy rains. But then the other part is like the drought and famine. I mean, we talked about famine in our other episode. But yeah, climate change is really affecting the continent. And it's not only the continent, but... Um, other areas in the global south and especially regions where indigenous and black people live all over the exactly. world. Even um yeah, even in the states, like you have yeah. like the communities that suffer the most from climate change are in particular black and brown people. people. Definitely. It's very sad to watch. And especially on the continent, the people who are suffering the most from climate change are those who are living in the rural areas. Mm-hmm. Like the farmers. I mean we rely on Rain-fed agriculture excessively. I mean, there's a lot that's being done now to bring in that technology to kind of change that. But the majority of um, farmers in Africa, in Africa are 
relying on rains and then where it's supposed to be raining it's not raining where it's not supposed to be raining it's raining too much so it's obviously affecting the agricultural sector immensely that's one of the main sectors that are being affected by climate change people are being dislocated like they have to exactly. leave their homes like we have we find huge refugee camps huge camps all over the Sahel actually 80,000 Malians living in Mauritania and of course there's terror there's war and all of these things but climate change Changes is a, definitely a big part of it's a huge people, driver yeah. of the displacement of human beings on this yeah. continent now I read this article that said that um, by 2030 there would be like a 40% increase of people who would be Suffering, like suffering from poverty-stricken issues as a result of, of climate, climate change. change. Yeah. And it's also affecting the urban areas as well because we're rapidly urbanizing, which is supposed, was supposed to be seen as a good thing, but also with because of with climate change, it's becoming very excessive. 70% of African cities, uh, people are living in slums. Mm -hmm. That's the percentage. And that is, that's crazy. Yeah, that is that is very crazy. That that percentage is too large, but it makes like you could, we can see it and we can feel it like on the ground as well. Um, let's not even get started on the effects of climate change on African women in rural areas. Um, I wrote this article about this about people don't even realize that the majority of one of the main problems that women in rural areas are dealing with is not being able to get firewood firewood yeah because of climate change and the effect it's having on the trees and we're cutting down trees we're not growing enough trees and that affects their daily lives because a lot of them are maybe like the ones who are bringing are holding up the household by their small scale job or selling maybe they're cooking or selling something whatever they do they need that firewood so that's affecting their everyday lives they're not getting enough money to um take their children to school and it's like just a ripple yeah. down effect and uh, climate remember, change has like a huge effect on the economy and it's like it's affecting we're, everything. like we're yeah we're always thinking about this environmental yeah issue but it's but we're like just looking at the social parts everywhere. the economic parts it's really affected economic growth on the continent as well um obviously um the governments definitely i think um i mean the african governments are getting a bit more serious now in terms of understanding what climate change is putting in um the right policies I mean, as I always love to say, in Af in African countries, the policies are always on paper. <laughs> There's no policy I mean, that is not on paper somewhere. It's the implementation is where the problem definitely. comes. <laughs> but then there's like this huge problem of like, we feel like every other problem, the continent or black people in general have like, we're, as you said, we're always in, in survival, survival mode. mode so we always have to, and, and it makes sense, I'm sorry, like we're not causing this problem, but we have to suffer, suffer from it. Yeah. But we have to deal with other S. Yeah. <laughs> um, like just literally surviving every day. Like I cannot be thinking, not me, but we cannot, like people cannot think about other stuff. Like you have to feed your child, so. Yeah, but I feel like this is the way, I, I understand that and I completely agree with that. But I also feel that we have to, I feel like there has to be some kind of public sensitization. Definitely. So that people just start thinking about it. Because it's it's the little things. I always say like, it's just 
I saw this really great um, pictograph animation, whatever, on LinkedIn today, and it showed how like the little steps are much more important than the big steps. Like if you are just thinking about um, recycling, um, like maybe reusing water in different ways. Um, um, do carpooling so you, you don't all we're not all on the road I mean they're, they're just thinking about all the emissions that just come from transportation sectors alone is mind-blowing but yet it is still not the countries on this continent who are producing exactly it's the, not it's, it's, it's not, not. And, and I think it's I, I honestly believe that it's only fair that um the drivers of climate change who are mostly the West, who have, who have obviously gone past their industrialization and development stages, help African countries deal with these issues. Because um, obviously also climate change adaptation and mitigation um, policies, strategies and all that are very expensive. Like this is not a very cheap thing. Lots of African um, governments, as you said, are basically trying to do the bare minimum for their citizens to begin with, trying to give them proper healthcare, proper education, and now have to think about how to put in mitigation tactics to ensure that um, the countries, the, the citizens are not harshly affected. I mean, they're going to be affected either way, but that there's room for people to kind of maneuver their ways around. So it's only fair. And I think that there has to be like, I mean, I would like to say there's a global consensus that this is the reality of the fact. And, and these Western countries have to pull their pants up and do something. Yeah, but that is the thing. Like, I mean, Western countries and so many different debates, you know, they want to to help. But like when it comes, comes to, to actually doing it, I mean, it's it, very, I was watching the, I, I followed the COP26 very closely and there were lots of African leaders there, African ministers of energy, transportation, and all of that who were present and gave great speeches, great talks. Presidents gave great talks. I want to see the implementation of it. Yeah, that is, that's my thing. It's in the implementation because we can talk the talk and we are great what, at it. What I wanted to say is that like, even for like European countries, for the States, they are not doing enough. Exactly. Like this is like this is the actual topic where none of the like big countries are doing enough. You know, yeah. and I mean, well, I mean, the US had a setback because of Donald Trump, so that was yeah. <laughs> that but was, now that was four years of just that was a setback. Eight years. <laughs> that was that was a setback for them in their climate change agenda. Definitely, he was defunding a lot of things. But even like. um countries like germany like and the scandinavian countries they're trying to do yeah, a lot doing very a well lot. On that. and they've been ahead of the curve that's the thing and but that's my thing right now um like you know like i and labake my co-founder we have this sustainability consulting firm and we focus on startups and helping them understand um sustainability mm -hmm. and helping them kind of look at the um, Helping them build strategies in their corporations. Because I really believe that it's the small companies that are coming up who are going to be the big and larger companies mm -hmm. in a few years. If we start educating them on what sustainability is, the information you should be looking at, like looking at the environment mm -hmm. side, the social side, the economic side, at the start, when you are a smaller company, by the time you are a big company, mm -hmm. you've already embedded all of that mm -hmm. in the way you think. You're already thinking about, oh, how is... 
my manufacturing plants affecting like carbon emissions? How is this affecting the community, the water bodies around me? Like what am I doing in labor practices and all of that? So, and governments have started putting in policies for companies to follow, definitely. But as I keep on saying, it's the implementation. Like there needs to be like an office, a directorate, something, somebody who is checking to make sure that these organizations are doing it. I mean, there could be laws being put into place that these are laws you have to, and regulations you have to follow. But if nobody is following up, who cares? I mean, and that's a big problem. I mean, our implementation of everything and the follow-up. But to me, and this is something, I mean, I really want to dive in deeper and I trust me I haven't fully understood like how big and complex it's this whole complex. thing is but to me I mean part of the reason like we're not and it's not only the continent but like the whole world is not really um is not too concerned with this is because first of all you only care about like with what you are like what affects you you mm -hmm. know like you do something that's like human nature like yeah. we, we're not in this like oh i'm gonna do something to prevent it but like <laughs> when it hits me then i start and um although like we have we even have like a like a the i remember 2019 i believe was one of the hottest summers in europe like this summer find, is about to be yeah, the hottest this is, this is, about, this to is about to be the, the hottest but like in in 2019 we couldn't get ice ice cubes in any supermarket in Hamburg and in Germany. It was crazy. I've never experienced something like this. People fainted. People, old people died. Yeah, actually. Old people it was died crazy. I remember the, the so, heat levels were insane. So yeah, like this, it's slowly becoming like people feel it. So maybe I, I don't think it's going to be too late, but like people actually feel it now. So we're doing something. But what I really wanted to understand more is, um, Actually, the connections between um, how we consume things, like really about capitalism and climate change. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've talked about it a little bit already, like how colonialism and imperialism like also plays in this role. But I do like... I feel like nations are not doing enough, governments are not doing enough because there's this overall attitude, overall... I don't know, acceptance of we're not talking about our past and about how we even got here, yeah. you know? And I I always had, like, I hate to always bring this up, but it's true, like, colonialism, all of these things, like, we created a world where everything has to be fast. We have to have a lot. We have to grow a lot. Excessiveness. It's excessiveness. It's, it's, yep. And it started within that era. Yeah. And we're suffering from it now. Yep. And it's the same thing like how like governments don't want to um, take responsibility and apologize officially for the crimes they did. Yeah. It's the same thing like they, the whole Western world uh, benefits from all of these beautiful things, flying and driving cars, big excessive cars and, and having, I don't know, successes like clothes and food and everything and everything is a waste but it is really really like these as we said indi indigenous people people in the rural areas who are really suffering from it and because 
you don't feel the effects you don't care yeah this is how i see it and it's it's yeah it's so that's selfish. also very true it's not even that they've been cared they feel that they can they may have the money to kind of curb the effects in their personal lives and that's just a big thing because mm -hmm. like somebody in the rural area may not have the same monetary um access to just get up and move somewhere else and move their whole life and start a whole new life they don't have that i don't like the article that you shared with me though about them that shows the in the IPCC's report about how they, this is the first time they're talking about the connections between colonialism and um, climate change it makes so much sense to me. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, how is it now that this is now coming to the forefront? Because as you said, it's, it's all of this need and want for more. So then of course you're destroying the environment because of your need and want for more. And like, how do they think it will turn out? Like, I don't understand, like you're mining for all these precious yeah. minerals, they literally didn't water. think. Yeah, they literally didn't think. It's just like pure greed, actually. And um, I I love the fact that you ask like how how are we just talking about this? Even if you look into like climate activists, climate justice activists, yeah. it's a very wide scene, and yeah. they they it is a very wide it is space. Wide, like it's such it's, a very wide space, and that's something that we always talk about. It's like. The people who are actually being affected don't seem to have a voice. Oh, by the way, um, the um, new vice president of Colombia, who is a Afro-Black woman, oh. yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. amazing, mm -hmm. and she was very much a climate. She's a very much a climate activist, and these people do exist, but they're not give, being given the platform and the voices to to have these um, talks. I mean, apart from um, what was her name? The one in Kenya, I can never yeah, pronounce her name. Wathia Wang Wangari. Wangari yeah. Mantai, yeah. whatever her name is. Okay, yeah, and um, I mean, she's been doing she's so forefront. much she was for so long. Yeah. And but it it was um, no shade on Greta, but <laughs> like it was a white girl that came Thank when you. the world started is, to listen. I mean, she's very sad because there are lots of black and brown people who are in the developing world who have been talking about this for a long time because they are feeling the heat. At the, they are the ones who are being impacted at the forefront. But no, it had to be a white woman who had to come and say it. But that is, I mean, that's the reality of the fact in the, in the life in which we're living in. Like, that's why, like, we can actually say, like, the, the climate activism space is actually pretty racist. It and, is. Um, I mean, it's always crazy to me. Like Hamburg, we have one of the biggest Future for Friday activism groups, like in the whole country, even I think in Europe, actually. Okay. Like we have, um, was it in the beginning, it was like every month during the pandemic, actually, like they had these huge demonstrations, 25,000, 50,000 people oh, coming wow. to the streets. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you see? Like I, I'm not lying. I could see five people, five black, black people, people in there. Five. Like I'm, I'm not even lying. I can name them even because I know them. <laughs> like literally, it's not, it's not a deal for for. And I get it because especially if you live in Europe. I mean, here in Africa, like the people have problems with like poverty, famine, and all of that. But in Europe, black people suffer from poverty too. But then also they have to deal with racism, yeah. like everyday racism, structural racism, and all of that. So you literally have no time to read an article about, um, yeah, 
climate uh, change and how, what you can do personally because you have to figure out how to like find a job or how to pay rent for for your very small too small apartment you know so like we don't have time to think about these topics but on the other hand we have to we, have we to don't talk. have a choice everyone needs to talk um yeah it definitely has to come to the forefront especially me i feel especially on the african continent because Otherwise, we're going, it's going to be such a shock. I, I really believe in the public sensitization. I really feel like they should. It's Because that's the thing. When you start saying it so often, people start thinking about it. So if they are hearing it on the radio, they are seeing um, um, advertisements, they're seeing billboards, just little things like don't litter because it will block the drainage <laughs> system. When the drainage system is blocked, the water can't flow. Then the water can't flow, we're going to suffer from more flooding. Like reuse your product. I mean, I feel like in Africa, we're really good on reusing. People are very innovative in finding ways to reuse things. And that is, I don't feel like that's a big thing. And also recycling, like literally we are reusing bottles, bowls, plates, spare parts, yeah, all but these then, things. But then but with that, like we are really good at that, but we're still like also producing like a very a, bad carbon emissions from all of the way we from the way we recycle is exactly. very bad. Like the way we <laughs> the way we actually <laughs> Or we, we can't get a break. We cannot get a break. But we are trying to recycle, but we're not doing it the right way. And that's the thing. Like the education has to happen, and it has to come from the government. Like it has to be like a public concern. Like this is a you're doing this as a public concern. Otherwise, nobody's going to care. Do you know how many times I'm in Accra? I'm sitting in traffic, and somebody threw something out of their window, oh, and I just no. literally start screaming. I have literally left my car and gone to like argue with someone to tell them to pick it up and then they look at you and they think you are crazy but I'm like these little things have to we have to change our behaviors because the whole thing with climate change is like a lot of like the mitigations that like um tactic ta well I cannot speak tactics uh just changing small human behaviors like switching little things like Mm. There's nothing that upsets me more in Accra. Also because I'm like kind of terrified. I have a phobia for styrofoam. It's very weird. I hate styrofoam. So I hate the fact that everywhere you go, they're selling things to you in styrofoam and plastic. plastic. We need to ban plastic in Ghana. Like Rwanda. We need to ban and, it. And where did they do it again? In Rwanda and Kenya? Another or, African country. Yeah, I've been, I'm yeah, not sure. two now. Maybe Tanzania or Kenya. Like one of them. The, one of the, the Eastern African ones. <laughs> one of the bigger ones. No, but we need to ban plastic. Because, but the thing is that this is something that's also very new. And they've done it before, actually. For example, they've done it in Germany and other countries in Europe, which is amazing. And we don't talk about that enough. Well, banning plastic? Yeah. Yeah, I know, because you can't. I mean, if you go to, like in Switzerland, if you go to the grocery store, everybody brings their own bag. We all have reusable no, bags. No, but that's what I'm saying. There's no plastic ban yet in, in Germany. Oh, yes, there's not. They're just, yeah, yeah, they're they are just starting. starting it. They're yeah. now starting it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is uh, one thing. It's, it's very bad. I mean, I read an, I read a thing about somebody who is doing like biodegradable. You know, like these like plastic bags that you find everywhere. Like they're doing some like a biodegradable one. I'm like that. That's a smart thing. Like there's so many things we can. We have unending natural resources. We have so many smart people. So many innovations. They just need funding and money to make it happen. Because if we don't change our behaviors and the way we do things. 
we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And the things are just very small things. Like the watch sellers to go back to selling watching plantain leaves. There's no need to sell us in a rubber bag or in styrofoam. Just ask everybody to bring their bull. I, I, I think I agree on the point like that everyone has to change their behavior, you know, like drastically. Yeah. But seriously, like the big companies and yeah. like... We the ones need, who are the cause of climate change. They really have to drastically do their shit differently, seriously, because it cannot, it is like literally, like I'm not like a very, and I, I, like, I'd be happy to, if people correct me on this, but I, from the statistics and the stuff that I've been reading, it's not the us, the little people who oh, are like not. causing. I'm not going to make all the of, difference. We're it's, not going to it's make a the large difference. Scale not even, not even by like using pasta as as straws or something. I'm sorry. Like, yes, it is. It is oh. just in general good because as a collective we come, we come together, together, and I think that's also like a big movement, you yeah. know. But it's literally also like these companies who have to, and like the rich ten percent of this. No, world it is the who have to like the really change companies. But of course, I mean, and so. even like, just one thing that what I wanted to say earlier uh, when you said the the plastic pollution, like how people throw stuff on the ground, like if you go to Labadi Beach, the plastic that you see in the water, that one, it's not from Ghana. <laughs> it's not from Ghana, actually. It's not from Ghanaian people. And this is crazy. It's actually from Europe. Yeah. And this is like stuff like we really have to talk more about like the interconnections between like how how all of this is working. Yeah. Because I I believe like you know how angry we are right now. Like if more people are angry, <laughs> we had this topic before, but if, if more people are angry because they understand like why am I suffering yeah. from from something that somebody else did? Yeah. Like somebody else threw something in the water and then it lands in, in my it's in just, my country. And the oceans my, it's are, crazy. The oceans are literally begging us to change our behavior. The animals. Saw, and there's so much like microplastic inside of animals. Like in all of the stuff yeah. right now. Like it's 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 very it's sad. It's, it's I mean like scary. I said, and I eat a lot like I eat I'm a pescatarian. I eat a lot of fish and like just when you read the the statistics about like how there's so much like these microplastics in the in the food that the the fish are eating and oh and just a lot of like just diseases that are affecting the fish naturally because there's so much pollution in the water now and as you said it is the large scale corporations. I mean, like, obviously, like, I also work in sustainability and ESG and all of that. So I understand that. And they're not doing enough at all. But they will not do enough because we are also very much in a capitalistic world. Very like, much. Like, in order for them to actually make the kind of profit that they want to they have to keep on doing certain things. Mm -hmm. Like even though a lot of people are thinking, but there's a lot of green financing going on. Yeah, there's also a lot of greenwashing. Yes, exactly. On. There's a lot of greenwashing. Like there's a lot of greenwashing. People kind of, I feel like a lot of these corporations are using or trying to get away with philanthropy as a way of, this is like their, their ESG. Yeah, and I'm like, it's not the same thing. the name thing. of sustainability. It's exactly. They're not thinking actual sustainability. They're thinking like, oh. And, need, and, need, and it needs to be exposed to you. <laughs> you know, I'm all in the business of exposing. I like that so much. No, but seriously, um, I think 
one thing that is very important that I've learned over the years is like to actually you really have to do your own research yeah. and the, you have to dig deep, read and and like watch stuff and and talk to people you have to. you know and to make your own like i mean I think, decision exactly because i mean we are always like and i think there's one message that i also really like to like put out here is like we are doing our research but we are not experts in any ways but like i just really hope like the stuff that we're saying is like triggering people, people yeah, and, and making them like think making them think questioning like, even question, question us I always question like, us seriously because yeah, I, I'm, I'm I, not believe, sure. I believe in questioning a lot um, that has been the bane of my, probably my mother's existence, poor woman. Um, yeah, I'm always like talking too much. I'm asking questions. Like I would never, like it's, you have to ask questions. Otherwise you are going to just, otherwise we're going to be in the, keep on being in the situation that we are in. Um, with the world getting hotter in places, the ice caps melting, flooding happening everywhere. I mean, the cyclones like all of literally that. natural disasters are I mean, increasing like, um obviously also animals like literally the ecosystem is struggling mm -hmm. and like when are we gonna get up and be like okay we need to actually start making some like really great change i think one thing i'd really like to get out of this podcast is like while we are addressing all these negative topics and like very we will address painful. some positive ones as yes well. we have to we have to i oh, know i think we're we're doing that I mean, we like, are highlighting yeah really we're highlighting stuff, uh, really cool like stuff process and in, in this areas like innovations and all of that and um just really for this um episode like in particular i really wish um people will like dig deeper yeah. and invest in like actually doing the research because I, I we were laughing about it earlier but there's actually really a lot of people who don't believe in climate change no it's still, true still on this is, continent a lot yes, of people which is crazy a lot of people um, so yeah if you're listening and you have doubts about climate change send us a message or just google climate change <laughs> and watch videos on youtube i don't know yeah it's and very just much read true. articles there's so many articles that are being written but yeah um i think yeah we we tackled a lot of different angles when it comes to climate change mm -hmm. and um i just realized yeah i i also have to do more research Definitely. learn more and also work on my own behavior of course we all have to but it, it was good i think this was a good session we did yeah that. definitely we definitely breached a lot of topics, made me think a lot. Definitely my plastic use. Like, I'm really very cognizant about trying not to use so much plastic, but there's so much more we can do individually. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that the big corporations are definitely mm -hmm. the the main um, suspects, but I feel like us definitely collectively as a whole, every every little drop, every of little thing helps. So we all have to do our own little bits if we want, like, the next generations to have a healthy living planet to exist on yeah and it's not even really about the next generation because like we're also like us yeah. we already experienced yes it is we're already yeah. seeing the effects of climate change in our everyday life yeah because this is something i feel like when we keep saying like the next generation next generation people think we have time we, we don't really don't like we need to do it now we do because it's the the effects are doubling mm -hmm. so fast so fast so it's it's doubling but 
we hope we got people to think about these things and to kind of question and go out and use the Google. It's your friend and just try also and be your enemy, but we will use it as a, use as a it friend. efficiently, please <laughs> use it for the positive good. Do not Google is the world flat or stuff like that. Please. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> actually positive Googling. Um, and Definitely, if you guys learned something interesting, share with us on our Instagram, post it, like tag us in it. Definitely tag us if there are very any interesting things you think, oh, we would be so interested in this. Definitely um, tag us in it and we'll definitely share. We hope you guys enjoyed this session and we'll speak to you on the next one. Alrighty. Thanks. All right then. Bye. Bye.